So how's your Lent going? <laughs> Hope it's okay. I can report that I've really only messed up the whole meat on things on Friday once this year. It's always like after it's already in my mouth. You know, it's like, ah, again, I do this every year. But Lent, they say, is a time for giving things up. And so this year I've given up the things that I usually do. Kumquats, cigars, <laughs> skydiving. It's a struggle, but I think I'm a better person for it. There are some things, however, that are so essential that we can't give them up even if we wanted to. Water, for instance. What I learned years ago in intensive survival training, well, actually, I was 13 years old and in the Boy Scouts, uh, was that when you are lost or stranded, the first priority is to find water. The human body can survive for a week or so without food, some of us much longer, depending on how much we have stored, but we can't store water. After two or three days without water, we begin to die. And so it was with the people of Israel in the desert at Massa and Meribah. They were thirsty and they were afraid that they were dying. God had freed them from slavery with spectacular demonstrations of power and had led them through the desert behind pillars of fire and cloud. But all of those special effects were forgotten when they were thirsty. And God heard their cries and sent them water. In today's lengthy gospel, Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman at the well at Shechem. And in these villages, the well was really the center of people's lives. And in fact, it's likely that the village was there only because that's where the water was. It was a communal resource, and several times a day, the women of the village would have to go to the well and get water. And travelers would also appear there to replenish their supply. It's appropriate that Jesus would choose a well as the place to make himself known. And in this encounter with this woman, Jesus reveals who he is and what eternal life is all about. And the woman was shocked that he chose to speak to her. After all, the ancient animosities between their peoples and the difference in status between men and women formed a huge gulf between them. But Jesus bridges that gulf and even as he asks for water, he offers eternal life. Now, she's not only a Samaritan and a woman, she's a notorious sinner, but she's not stupid. She has the courage to engage Jesus in a discussion about the coming Messiah. And when Jesus claims the title, she runs to tell her neighbors and that makes her one of the first evangelists. And as a result of her proclamation, the rest of the people in the town come to believe. Uh, this is important. The disciples of Jesus were afraid during this encounter. They wouldn't dare to ask him any questions. And they're preoccupied with whether he's had something to eat or whether somebody else fed him when they weren't looking. The ones that we might expect to have this important personal relationship with Jesus 
entirely miss the point of this encounter. And the least likely person, the Samaritan woman, is the one who probes and understands and spreads the good news. And this should be pretty humbling for those of us who claim to be disciples. There is no guarantee that we will be the ones who understand what God is up to. And we had better not presume that those who are outside our faith community are beyond God's grasp, even if they may be beyond ours. The Holy Spirit is at work in people and in places that we wouldn't imagine. This weekend, we are roughly on the third anniversary of the global pandemic. And I hope that on this anniversary, we can spend a little bit of time reflecting on what we have experienced and what we have learned. We have faced an invisible enemy, which we are told repeatedly is still out there, although not as threatening as before. But we can remember when people were hoarding toilet paper and when the supermarket stores were cleared and we wondered if we should be venturing out in public. There has been a palpable sense of fear, which was justified. And throughout many times in these past three years, we have often felt like our wells were running dry. But here's the funny thing about wells. The water runs underground and it bubbles up where it will. We can probe with drills and pipes and maybe we'll find the water. But we, if we insist on only looking for the water where we want it to be, we may be thirsty for a long time. God's grace is moving all around us, often in people that we find difficult or inconvenient or contemptible or just unnoticed. Through the time of this pandemic, we have faced changes in our social and economic landscape that continue to challenge us to find God's grace at work in our communities and in ourselves. Lent is an introspective time when we pray and fast and examine where God is working in our lives and is calling us to repentance. And today's scripture readings are a reminder that in our introspection, we should remember to be alert for God's presence and action outside of ourselves in unexpected places and people. When that well opens up before you, drink and find renewed life.